Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking About What. Uh, this is episode 11. It's uh, it's 12. Last week was episode 11. I fucked up, guys. But uh, this is episode 12. And where we are talking about favorites. Favorite movies, for the most part, is what we're talking about. Uh, but before we start talking about our favorite movies, let's talk about who we have here. My name is Cody, uh, but you can call me Chance the Rapper. Some people will get that. Even though it's pathetic. And with me, just like every week, it's my faithful co-host, Izzy. How you doing, Izzy? I'm good, Chance. Well, so part of what we talked about uh, this week was we were going to review one of Izzy's favorite movies. Um, but I've been pretty busy and I only got a chance to watch it one time. It's a little complex and I want another chance to watch it. So... That review's not going up yet, but we're still talking about what our favorite movies are, not necessarily going down the list, but what really makes a favorite movie for us. Um, that's kind of the whole uh, the whole driving force behind this episode, but um, before we start talking about that, um, we always like to start our weeks off with kind of what we've been watching, what we've been up to. So, uh, Izzy, tell me a little bit about what you've been watching this week. All right. Well, recently I guess watched uh, a movie by the name of Irreversible, and that was probably the most brutal, fucked up movie I've seen in a long time. Did it do irreversible damage to your uh, brain? Um, I guess you could say that it's it's uh, honestly it's it's incredibly brutal. I've never seen anything like that. So that sounds like the type of thing where spoilers are. Uh easy to come by but can you tell me can you tell us a little bit about this movie without uh completely spoiling the shit out of it um it's a revenge film Ooh, like um i saw the devil type of thing you could say that like something happened to some to somebody and you know this guy wants revenge but okay. it starts out with the credits and then the final scene and it goes backwards until you figure out like what exactly happened. So it starts with like the most brutal scene. So by first. brutal you mean like gory or what what is uh it's what is not brutal even, in uh, this context? It's okay, so so there there's like gory like stuff in a lot of movies, but I wouldn't consider that brutal cuz like it doesn't look real and it just feels oh whatever, it feels like really fake, but it's gory for totally the sake agree. of it. This felt like I was watching someone literally just fucking get slaughtered and it felt so Jesus. real that it scared me like i was like this is so uncomfortable oh by the way the music's made by half of daft punk it's not a daft Wh- punkish which one is it? is it daft or punk uh, but you know he's a he's dunk actually he's a oh, okay no but uh it's uh it's I, not I, I thought it was gonna be puffed but <laughs> no but it, it's not like disco music or electronic music well, like i guess it's electronic but it's not a so so the way he makes the soundtrack for the movie is he uses these tones that are supposed to elicit the human response of like paranoia, fear, Ooh. and it's supposed to make you uncomfortable as fuck and it did its job. Oh, man, that sounds awesome. I actually uh actually really want to watch that now. Might be getting to that eventually, but um it's the same guy who made Enter the Void. Ooh, yeah. sweet. So I could see uh, his realistic like take on all this shit is powerful. All right. What well, uh what else have you been watching or is that uh, is that about it? So I've been having a drunk anime night with friends, and nice. I've watched. So we we haven't been watching like full fledged anime. We've decided how about we watch one episode of, like, of a different anime, like one after another, and find out which ones feel like they're gonna give us something good or not. We've been through like ten, and I think only three of those like were worthy. Okay, because there's some that I was just like. You've been watching one episode. So so yeah, we we watch like one episode and say like. Do we think this is worth going with? Like, was there anything remotely that was that gave us promise? Yeah, like, do you want to keep greater? watching it? Yeah. Okay. So I've actually been doing something really similar, but without the anime uh, or the friends. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> what are uh, without without getting too weeby on me right now? What are uh, what are a couple of the favorite things you've stumbled upon doing that? Oh shit. There was like just one or two. Um, there's one that's just kind of like these guys are ki- like people hanging out called Place to Place. It was all right. It was one of the passable ones because it made us laugh a few times. Okay, that's what they consider a slice of life. So comedy. 
but it wasn't. See, I'm not big on the whole slice of life thing. Like, it's just like I'm like I can just go have awkward conversations with people if I want to see awkward conversations with people. Well, like I, it's never appealed to me. It depends. Some people do it right. Some people don't. Th- this was this was all right. Speaking like, of Daft Punk, shit, the fuck, like, damn it. But um, but it wasn't like too crazy. <laughs> we watched something called Punchline, which was entertaining. Probably one of the more entertaining ones, but also one of the fucking ridiculous ones that I just can't tell someone to watch because it's it's really far Kinda out shit. there. Dude, I started the Voltron anime. Still undecided on the actual <laughs> quality of it. Fucking uh, Voltron. It's kind of fun. I mean, I've been watching the shit out of Pokemon uh, Indigo League. That's just like my mainstay. Um, but one thing I've really been enjoying is uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, hell yeah. uh, About a year or so ago, I watched like the first three seasons of that show, and it was just so funny. And for one reason or another, I never really got back to continue watching it. Um, I'm now almost done with season eight. And this is the best comedy on television. I will stand by that statement. That this show is fucking amazing. And uh, if anyone at any point is looking for a laugh at all, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is the absolute best comedy on television. Now, there's one little caveat there. Uh, it's not really for the sensitive. It is a show about some horrible, people. horrible fucking people. Like, horrible people. They do some fucked up shit constantly, and that, that's what the show's about. You got Danny DeVito, who is just absolutely despicable and gross on the show. And, like, there's just, you know, the only character that's, like, a decent guy is a complete idiot. Is it Charlie or? No, Charlie. Charlie's usually a decent guy. I love But he's Charlie. also, like, super selfish. I, I fucking love uh, him. He's like the funniest guy for me on the whole show. <laughs> in oh yeah, in general, Mac is actually like a decent dude. Okay, he's just hella dumb. Oh yeah, because Dennis is the asshole. Like he's super selfish, right? Dennis is uh, Dennis is a self-absorbed asshole. Yeah, but it's always sunny and spectacular. I, I'm uh, really looking forward to kind of continuing watching it. I wonder how many seasons there are. You, you kind of don't feel bad There's when anything bad happens. To any you of them really either. don't. You really don't feel bad when bad stuff happens to him, which happens all the time, which is pretty great. Um, but I don't want to spend too much time on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, now this next show, I'm also not going to spend a whole lot of time on, uh, because, and I haven't told you this yet, but, um, next week we got Suicide Squad and the week after is my pick. We were going to be doing a review of Stranger Things. And it's funny, um, I was actually going to ask you, like, later today, I was like, hey, I kind of want to watch that show and do a thing on it. So, so I know this hasn't been that long since this came out, um... But this is on the same level or even a higher level to me in just the the feelings that it evokes when I watch it as 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, if I want to talk about before 10 Cloverfield Lane, it's evoking feelings on the level of Ex Machina. This show is absolutely amazing and might be one of the best shows I've ever seen. I've got two episodes left in the season and it is absolutely unbelievable. It feels... It just it feels like the eighties. It just it's what it, like watching it like it feel it doesn't capture things that are from the eighties or whatever or like you know I grew up in the, in the nineties and it's still a little similar to that but it doesn't capture just stuff it doesn't make references it literally captures the feel of what it was like to be a kid and my God it does a beautiful job of that um, it's evocative of like uh uh spielberg or i mean like the sandlot the goonies like hey speaking of those did you ever watch super eight it's like jj abrams basically tributing to spielberg well i mean it wasn't really just him tributing to spielberg because spielberg was on set the whole time but um i have actually not seen that movie i i think i'll watch that movie before we do our review though um I, I kind of want to rewatch The Sandlot and uh, The Goonies. Uh, I've seen both of those movies a couple times. Those are spectacular. Just. But this is on, this is kind of on that level. Like, the child actors are legitimately great. Uh, all, there's, there's, uh, there's four of them for the most part that are all really good. There's a couple teenage actors that are great. Um, the whole cast is amazing. 
this show is just unbelievable. So 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 far, I've watched the first six episodes. There's only eight in the season, uh, and I've rewatched the first two episodes, introducing someone to the show. The level of foreshadowing and subtle detail that they add to the beginning of the show to help with rewatch value and to set minor things up. It's not obvious foreshadowing. It's just slight things that are sometimes in frame that are that become important later. They're not things you notice. They're not things that they focus on. There's no like quick flash of something. It's just something that if you pick up on it, you see it and it becomes relevant in, you know, two episodes or something like that. It's just really spectacular. Uh, I personally think this is the best show that Netflix has given us so far. I'm going on too far of a tangent and I need to save more things for uh, for a review of it. But this show has been unbelievable to watch. Uh, I'm probably going to watch it a second time before we review it. I'm I'm really into this. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a watch. Richard also wants to see it, so he's going to be watching in my house. Speaking of rewatching something, uh, I've been introducing a friend to Game of Thrones, so we have been binging like a season a day. All right. And uh, I know this may sound blasphemous, but I just redid season five, and it wasn't as bad as I remembered. Really? I mean, the sand, the I I I was like I was kind of waiting in dread for when like certain scenes that I remembered feeling like I really disliked happen. Now, the only scene I could really say that about is the fight with the Sand Snakes that happens, like, you know, in the f- in Dorne. And yeah. that felt really out of place. But when they were first introduced and everything, I didn't really mind it. I was like, oh, that's, that's you know, that wasn't as bad as I remember. It was that fight and some dialogue after that fight in a prison, like, uh, not, not in, even in, the pr- in a prison cell, but somewhere else that made me go, like, if they just would have, like, done that fight correctly or fucking given them some better lines that could have all been fine like i th- for me those are like like everything else i felt like it was it wasn't that bad i mean so there's one truth that i've learned about bad seasons of good shows is that they never seem that bad when you binge them but when you wait every single week for oh, the okay. next episode and then you get episodes like we had in season 5 like, about half of them in season five, I consider, you know, like a six out of ten, seven out of ten, whereas Game of Thrones maintains about a nine out of ten average in my in my book. Um, that was why it bothered me so much. So, um, I, I think that's something Netflix does really well with uh, shows like Daredevil, because I binged the shit out of Daredevil. And while there were... There was one small aspect of the season two storyline. Not small aspect. There was one aspect of of the season two storyline that that bothered me i was watching that show three or four hours three or four episodes at a time not one at a time and waiting a full week and having a full week to think about that one episode i was watching it a third of a season at a time i watched that that season in like two three days so i think that helps a lot to to talk about that because we i binged the whole season all 10 episodes in a straight go Jeez, yeah. I mean, uh, rewatching shows is always really fun, and that's why I really want to rewatch Stranger Things after uh, um, after I'm done. Uh, Stranger Things is so good. I'm a big fan of Marco Polo, as you know. The Marco Polo series is great. I watched it a couple of times. Um, I watched the first episode of Stranger Things, and pff, I'll get to Marco Polo eventually. But that's <laughs> it's on the back burner right Poor now. Marco. Uh, all right. I but think uh yeah, I mean obviously we've been rewatching uh, a lot of shows and uh you know, one thing that is very important in my opinion in in what makes something a favorite, what makes a movie something that uh that kind of really speaks to you is is rewatch value. If uh like one one thing for me, you know, if I'm thinking about how good a movie was, but if it was on and I wouldn't watch it, that's not a favorite movie of mine. That's a movie I respect, but it's not a movie that I it's not a movie that I love deeply. And that's kind of the first point that I want to talk about uh, as far as favorite movies. Um, but is is what's an example of a movie that no matter what's happening, if that movie's on, you're you're down to watch it. Um, I'm probably gonna go with my obvious one, Eternal Sunshine. So Eternal Sunshine, um, or definitely a, another one that I think might be easier for more people to just watch, City of God. 
Okay, yeah, we watched the first what half hour of that movie. We got interrupted oh, by something. Um, I, I need to go back and watch that movie, man. Just just that first half hour. I remember you were like, I mean, you didn't say anything. You were just kind of staring at the screen and not really talking. So I figured you didn't like it. Dude, you know how much I talk through movies? That movie had me fucking just silent. It was just so good for just a little bit that I saw. But um, I remember why we stopped. John came and everyone wanted to get a burger. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Oh, man, those are good burgers. Um, yeah. But uh, so Eternal Sunshine, I know it's one of your favorite movies. Now, um, I don't want to talk much about the movie or my opinion of it. I mean, obviously, if it's one of your favorite movies, we know your opinion of it. Um because we're going to be reviewing that movie. Uh, but I did uh, watch it yesterday, and I absolutely see why it's one of your favorite movies. Um, but, uh, you know, can you tell me some aspects of it that that make it great for you to rewatch over and over and over again? So, y- usually when I pick a favorite movie or I'm, ab- I'm, or I'm able to say, like, I love this movie, like, it's on my top, is because when I'm done with it, or even while I'm watching it, I'm left with, with this feeling. It's like growing feeling that's just kind of a... That's going to last with me for a long, long, long time. So upon rewatching it last night, because I was like, I haven't watched this in three years. Because oh it's, one of the, it's one of those movies that I remember, like, I watch it and I get something out of it that, like, feels like it's 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 changing me. And, like, it's a, it's like a fix, you know, like a really weird fix. And, I, and as soon as the first scene popped up and the music hit... Like fucking took me back somewhere, and I was like, I'm I'm back home. Like I'm in this weird, in this weird place, and I wow. was like, and it 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 like it kind of fucked me up, like rewatching it in like the best way possible. Because by the end of it, I was like, I know this is kind of weird, but um, I I guess most in mo- most movies I watch, they they either go out of their way to be be something else, and they're like obviously entertainment that I usually don't get as much out of them besides besides that value alone but when i watch something like this i i guess how do i put it i feel a bit more myself a bit more brought back to humanity so and that's and i know that sounds weird but like after afterwards it rem- it just reminds me that i i guess that i'm alive like movies that fucking wake me up i guess so that's what i'm saying it's a really great movie for self-reflection because every single character feels like a human being uh, there are no perfect characters. There's no flawed characters that overcome their flaws. Um, there's no crazy stuff like that where, like, there's, there's, sure, there's, like, character arcs, but it's not like a traditional character arc. There's no, there's no the hero's journey. There's just people who kind of learn lessons. That's, that's, that's all that happens. And, I mean, there's so much more, but and you uh, still- that's all I really want to touch on because I, I, I really do um have a lot to say about this movie and i want to save a lot of that for next week all right um but so so it's a movie that that kind of brings you to a mental place that sometimes you need to be at is that is that an accurate uh summary that 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 sounds about right but i guess the the one way i i'm gonna like i think the final way i'll describe like a favorite movie of mine is after i'm done it it's some it's a it was a fucking experience it was something that i'm not gonna get that often i'm not gonna see that you know i'm not yeah. gonna feel often like i i have a, there's a lot of like action movies or like funny comedy movies that i fucking love and i could watch over and over and over again because they make me laugh but they're not my favorites because sure. it's just you know like it's short-lived but it's something like this that like i go back in my head and i was like I remember the first time like I watched that. I remember the first feelings I've ever had with that. I remember how it made me think or like, you know, what it changed like like in the way I thought. Like it made Okay. In the case of that movie, that's the movie that made me look at filmmaking as an art, made me think of this kind of stuff I wanted to make. It changed the style of music I played, it changed the style of lyrics I wrote, mm-hmm. and it gave me a new perception on like just art in general, and that's what made me want to watch more. Okay, so I, I want to relate to that with uh, with the movie that I want to talk about, and it's it's uh, um, you know, listeners of the cast will will recognize this. This is what I consider to be my favorite movie of all time, and not because I've watched it more times than any, or not because I think it's the best movie that I've seen or anything like that, but kind of because of what it did to me. So, um, 
when I was, I think, 13, I think it was for my 13th birthday, um, I've been begging and begging and begging to get an Xbox. An Xbox 360 had just come out. Um, I found uh, a friend of mine had bought an Xbox 360, and he agreed to sell me his Xbox, his original Xbox, and his whole collection of games, his controllers and everything, for very cheaply. So I convinced my parents to, to buy that for me for my birthday. Um, with it, I got Halo 1 and Halo 2. I got, uh, I think I got a Call of Duty game. I got Crimson Skies, but I got Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah. And I grew up loving Star Wars, so I popped that game in. And within an hour of playing that game, it was it was a completely different experience to me. It was just so amazing the way it took a video game and made... It, it took part of you and put part of you into that game, in your decisions, in the consequences. And as you play through that game, there really are consequences. And I consider that to be the best game ever made. I, I, I think that that is the best video game. I think it is as close to perfect as anything else can be. As much as I love so many other games, um, that one is the one that I think is, is absolutely perfect. Now, fast forward a little bit... Um, you know, a couple of years, and I've got, uh, um, you know, I pick up two games uh, one day. I never bought games often. I didn't have the internet, uh, you know, growing up for most of my life until I was, you know, actually like 16. Did I really have like a solid internet and be able to, to kind of see like what people were talking about? But they were talking about what, dude? They <laughs> were talking about what? Uh, I was at GameStop, and I picked up these two games. I picked up Bioshock, and Ooh. I picked up Mass Effect. And those are, in my opinion, the second and third best games ever made. But Mass Effect, I've put more time into Mass Effect than I think anything else ever. No show, no movie, no other game. Maybe Pokemon, if you account every single game in the series. But Mass Effect, the, the, the Mass Effect series, specifically the first and second one, they really reignited that love for creativity and that that kind of spark in me that makes me want to create things and makes me want to want to write and and makes me want to film and 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 do things like that um bioshock was kind of another layer onto that i think it's kind of associated there but you know i hadn't felt that with anything i hadn't felt that i i really wanted to be creative again and that i I hadn't felt inspired to like try to reach people the way that something can reach me until I was scrolling through the Plex on my roommate's Roku in the living room and I clicked on Ex Machina and started that movie knowing literally nothing. I had seen the cover and that is it. Lucky Somebody bastard. told me, hey, this movie just came out. It's about AI. I, I think I want to see it. And then I was like, oh, somebody told me this movie's about AI. There's like an AI chick on the front. That sounds cool. Click. And I watched it. And that movie, I could talk for days, hours. Is I could talk for way longer than anyone wants to hear about the subtlety of Oscar Isaac's acting in that movie. He could. Or, <laughs> he has. Or, or how Alicia Vikander just somehow stole the screen away from Oscar Isaac and Donald Gleason, or or how Donald Gleason's boring character is actually one of the most exciting things in the movie, and and all of these different things, but in the end, uh, the reason I love that movie so much is because it made me want to make something that affects someone that way. It's one of the few things that's actually inspiring to me, and so that's a very long way of, of saying. me saying that when I rewatch Ex Machina. I'm I'm reliving that feeling of of that inspiration that I feel. Um, also, I just think it's fucking cool. <laughs> it's just fucking cool, and it's just a showcase of great acting. And the special effects don't look like special effects at all, and uh, it's amazing. But yeah, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of feeling I'm talking about. Yes, like you leave with that, or you even if you rewatch it, like. You get that feeling back, or it, it affects it affects you. Because there's a lot of movies that I watch, and they're good, and I really fucking love them. Like I'll say, dude, this is like a nine out of ten problem. Yeah, but it's not your favorite. 
but it's not my favorite. And even for my favorites, I know, I know, like in the grand scale of things, they're not the best movies ever made. No, not definitely not. You so, know. and that's not what we're talking. We're not talking about the yeah. best movies ever made because honestly, but we don't have we don't have favorites. the authority to tell you what the best movie ever made is. It's it's not my job. I, I can't do that. I can't tell you what the that's, best movie ever made it's is. Jay Leno, it's his job. Sure, it's Jay Leno's no, job. Don't, but please um, don't, don't. It can't be his. <laughs> so, we talk about kind of the feelings we get when we rewatch movies, but another quality for me is just the movie's rewatchability. That's kind of what we started this whole thing on. But if if you just you you feel the same way, and and, and part of that, and and a really a quality that a movie really needs is it just needs to be a fun movie. If a movie is just a fun movie, while also having uh, a certain quality to it, you know, well well directed, well written, well acted. If a movie directed is good. directed really good, if a movie is both great and just a shitload of fun, uh, examples of that would be Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Silver Linings Playbook is one for many reasons. But that movie is just it's just fun to watch, even though it's a little stressful. It's just fun to watch, but. Um, I think more than anything for me is Hot Fuzz. You know, we could talk about the whole trilogy, all of the uh, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright movies, and and how amazing that they are. But to me, Hot Fuzz is the pinnacle of that. Uh, Hot Fuzz is the first one that I watched, and I watched Hot Fuzz a bunch of times. Then I saw Shaun of the Dead, and I only watched um, I only watched The World's End recently. But uh, man, those movies! Uh, every time you watch them, you just you. You get a laugh. You you feel something a little bit. You you see your a bit of yourself in these characters in uh, you know in the way that uh, uh, what what's his what's his rank officer Angel uh, Angle you mean Angle. Uh, yeah officer <laughs> Angle um, the way that he kind of bypasses his life and lets his life kind of pass him by while he's too focused on his work and everything and and. Uh, you know, you see bits of yourself in these characters, and you also just laugh your ass off because that movie is fucking hilarious. I think that's just Edgar Wright's directing is just a given that you're gonna have a time like that <laughs> at this point. Like it's uh, it's thinking about Scott Pilgrim right now and how much like that movie's just fucking fun to watch. So, I didn't realize how important this was until I watched Star Trek Beyond. But Simon Pegg working with Edgar Wright in writing those movies did a lot for them. Because the directing for Star Trek Beyond was basic. Oh, yeah. Good. It was solid, but it was bland. Uh, The directing did not make that movie. It just did a good job of not breaking it. What made that movie was the writing. Was the characters. Was that instead of trying to reinvent the wheel... Like J.J. Abrams did, and I do break the wheel. I do think that J.J. Abrams is a much better director than Justin Lin. I, I love his directing style. I love the way he sets up a set and everything like that. Lin I think he's a better Flair. director than than Lin. I love the lens flare, dude. The, the new new Star Trek is built on the lens flare, and it's gone now. Um, but Simon Pegg's writing is what made that movie, and there was a good number of scenes that felt a little bit like the Cornetto trilogy. Just a little bit, just like like what? And then you realize like, oh, it's a robot by si- written by Simon Pegg, and that m- those feelings made me realize how much of those movies was in there because of Pegg, and not because of Wright. And I'm not trying to take credit away from Wright, but I think that it's it's Wright and Pegg. It's not just Wright. What do you think? I think I think of fuck. I I want to say like I have to see Edgar Wright just do write a movie by himself. And see just how that uh, works just out. write a movie. Just write, dude. Edgar. Just, just Edgar Edgar's always right. Edgar's always right. Edgar is always right. Like he's making a new movie, but it's not going to be a comedy anymore. It's like a cop or drama or something. I'm sure it's going to have some comedy in it. Not as much, you know. Like I don't even know if he's going to keep his signature, like, like his his like because cause his directing style is like comedic in a weird way. It's like the way he switches over to things and just does stuff. Wait, what if the characters in that movie are like satirically over serious? Then it and would then, be beautiful. And then they're set up to be hilarious by his directing style kind of uh, 
showcasing that and almost making light of it. Even though the situations themselves are serious and the characters are like Liam Neeson levels of just stupid, hilarious, over-serious. But then... Oh, dude, that sounds great. I want a movie like that now. L- like most things, that could either turn out amazing or shit. <laughs> sure. So, uh, I mean, this is mostly just a discussion. We actually... <laughs> <laughs> I've jotted down some titles, but I, we actually don't really have any uh, any map here for what to talk about. What uh, what else can you say about movies that are your favorite movies, or properties that you see, or patterns, or uh, or just you know things that make movies feel like your favorite movies? Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Yeah, no, I could see it. So, like, um. As I said, like for me, the the biggest one still is having to leave with a feeling or being able to think. Okay. Like that's another thing. I lo- there's a lot of movies you could just watch for fun and you don't have to think. And there's a lot of times I go like, oh man, I just want to watch something where I don't have to think. But but like w- when I'm really like like serious about it, I I want something that challenges me or makes me want to go like, oh shit, you know. Sure. Like the way this has been done, like the acting. I just want to be able to think and piece it all together. And there's stuff like that, like. Like, There Will Be Blood, like where it's just, you watch it and it's not like a movie you'd normally watch and you're like, yeah. holy shit. I mean, that movie to me, that movie to me takes takes every bit of me that would love to, to do this and just challenges me and says, eh, you'll never be this good. <laughs> and like, it's like taunting. That movie's amazing. That's kind of how I felt with Drive. It was just like, it's just like insultingly beautiful. Which is like, <laughs> no one else is ever going to do this. I did this. Uh, another thing is kind of like, seeing something you've seen before, just done way better. That's that's another thing I love. Have you seen The Raid 2? You've seen The Raid 2, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. That's the best action movie ever made. That's the best Probably. pure action like movie I- and and by by pure action movie, I mean a movie that exists just for the action. Yeah. And now now the Raid Two has a very ambitious story, um, and the story is not the best part of it. But if you if you show the action scenes, the amazing, just purely athletic scenes in those in that movie, and you judge it off of those, it is the best pure action movie ever made. For one simple reason, it's a bunch of actual fighters fighting. It's a bunch of martial artists fighting. It's not a bunch of fucking wrestlers, or it's not a bunch of actors that have done action movies before. It's it's a good number of martial artists that have never acted before. And they're just fighting. You don't even know how to act when you know how to fucking fight. Like, it's so good. It's so incredibly good. I think one of the... I do want to say, like, every time I talk to someone about this movie and I tell them, like, why this is the best action movie I've seen is every time I see an action movie, there's when people are fighting, there's always a bunch of cuts, 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 and, and it pisses me off. And the cuts can sometimes work, but this is a movie that is not afraid to, you know, for the cameraman to take a step back and to hold that shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And you know, when you've got, a, like, a 30-second shot of two dudes just fighting and going at it, and the camera's just moving around a little bit. There's no cuts and things like that. That's amazing. Like, amazing. It's the best choreography. The choreography in this is so good that they've been hired. And they are they, they were the choreographers for Star Wars The Force Awakens and Civil War. Yep. You know, granted, those movies are not nearly on this same level of of stunts and things like that. But they looked at these guys and these companies, Disney, who can hire anyone in the fucking world that they want to. They looked at this and went, oh my god, we need to get a bunch of these Indonesian dudes and and get them out here and get them to run and do these action scenes. Because we want the best. Damn. And this movie is the best. Damn it. That, yeah, it, it is hands down like the best action movie I've seen. And uh, I think I, I, d- I want to mention another thing because we're going on to like, like what makes a movie like really like great. 
Um, you were talking about like entertainment value in general. Like you could just sit down and watch it. Oh yeah, and just fucking like love it. Star Wars, man. Now, <laughs> classic Cody. Um, I think the one movie for me, like, cause 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 most of my movies I like because there's some type of realism. There's like a reality to it. And sometimes, like, I feel like... I definitely see that. A lot of your movies, even the ones that are, like, like wildly fictional, they're still very real. They're still about very real things. Yeah. I, I, get, I guess for me, like... I get, and, and this could de- this is definitely... This, this can definitely just be me there. But, uh, like, I'm so used to um, a lot of the movies that come out. Like, let's, let's take... It could be an action. It could be a romance. Let's say romance in this case. It's always, like, the most bland, stale obvious the characters like the character is just a fucking i don't know how to put it they're formulaic yeah it it follows a formula there's tropes you know and after a while i'm just like that's and that's that's not how this works like when i watch a romance film like what a fucking let's say valentine's day or shit like that that everyone goes to watch because oh there's attractive actors or this and that and i was like that's not how love works that's not how people act like in a real relationship. That's not how this happens. This is giving people a false idea. Like people eventually start expecting this because a lot of people are fucking dumb. And yeah, you you can um, you can season a chicken breast many different ways, but you're still eating a fucking chicken breast. You know, and sometimes you want a leg. You know, I thought you were gonna use the thing about a dog turd, but I've never heard the chicken. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, it's so weird. I I get it. What? I get it, but I've never heard it. <laughs> I've never I'm heard just, it. I'm just like saying you don't want to eat the same meal over and over again. You know, you can, you can, you can season it. You can grill it. You can fucking bake it. You can pan fry it. You can do all kinds of shit with a chicken breast. It's still the but same. But guess thing. what it is? It's a fucking piece of chicken. Sometimes you want a leg. Sometimes you want a burger. Yeah. So like, I'm also really hungry. But <laughs> I can, obviously. <laughs> so, so 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 yeah. So like so in like the movies I pick that are usually my favorites like. In the example of the romance, like, you watched Eternal Sunshine. We'll eventually talk more about that. But yeah. one reason that's one of my favorites, it's, it, even though, like, the plot may not be something normal at all. Like, it is it is definitely a fictional plot. It's uh, It is a... You know, it never felt like that, though. Oh, because they do when, a good when job you, at when it. When you hear about it, it's just like, oh, it's some crazy fucking sci-fi movie. What is this, Total Recall? And uh, you watch it, and it's not... It is not it. It all seems very, very real, and it, um, yeah, it causes a good amount of kind of self-reflection. And man, it's heavy. It's just like imperfections and all this stuff. Like when I first watched that, I was like, "This is this is what happens," you know. Like people fight, couples go through this shit, like. And I guess, fuck, you know, I'm I'm not gonna talk. There, I want to get a lot deeper into that when we actually talk about the review. But let's. Oh, I'm a, just a, messing with you. You don't have to oh, move when I tell yeah, you. Yeah, but but like in other movies, other movies too. Uh, like let's say for me, her, her is on my favorite, I'm on my favorites list. That also I guess reminds me of like, like the way people act, like, or you know, like in relationships, action movies too. There's just a bunch of cheesy fucking. Uh, like uh, action stars, and I, I don't agree. That with part I don't. That part. Action movies. See, action you gotta let me finish. You gotta let me finish. That part doesn't okay. bug me as much. Like for action movies, for it to be a good action movie, it has to be done, like right. I'm not gonna go watch fucking Taken Three, you know, that, and expect it to okay, be okay. That's a shit movie, regardless of what genre you want to put it in. Yeah, but they, so, but look, look at some of my favorite movies. You've got. Uh, Looper is an action movie. Star Wars is an action series. Guardians of the Galaxy is an action movie. The Raid is an action series. Would you consider Looper an action movie? I I didn't. Uh, I thought it was. It was there's a, story a good being amount told. of action in Looper. It's it's more of a, it's definitely like a drama. Um, but there's there's a good amount of action in the movie. Um, you know I I don't think I think you're right. It's probably not fair to call it an action movie. But um, so that's what I'm saying here is that like. I think what you I think what you hate is like bro movies. Like you're not a big fan of Dolph Lundgren. What's a Dolph Lundgren? Exactly. Um like, you know, you're not the type of guy who's going to go spend money to watch The Expendables. No. Which regrettably I love the first one. It is fucking it's fucking awful. Now look, okay, you want to say something about that? 
because you and me both love Kung Fury. So when when something oh, is aware yes. of itself, when something like if an action movie is aware that it is an action movie, or like or you know whatever it is that it's supposed to be silly or not to be taken seriously, and it goes that route, then I, in the end, I would probably end up having a fantastic time because of that. But when a lot of these movies try to take themselves like super super seriously, and then you watch it and you're all like, the end result is not that well it's not good yeah i like yeah. it when movies like i'm okay with movies using action as a vehicle to just to to deliver the story or or they, they want to be exciting and fast-paced but um for it for the most part movies that are about the action are usually pretty bad and it could also and and again like as i was saying that it's because i was using romance and action this could apply to comedy as well where the comedy there, makes no fucking sense i think you know, there's more not. bad comedies than anything like the, There's a lot of bad comedies. Like uh, some of my favorite comedies, it ends. It kind of, it kind of feels like real. Like the humor is hilarious, but it it feels real. It you doesn't know, feel like forced jokes or. You know, I guess you've got you've got one movie that's a comedy on here, and one movie that's like a borderline comedy, and I've got a comedy and a movie that's a borderline comedy on here. So, comedy is something that. I guess I've got two movies that are borderline comedies. Yeah. Comedy is something that can be amazing in a movie, but is not always necessary, sometimes not wanted, and sometimes it can be the absolute best thing you could possibly have. Um, so the comedies, obviously, you have Shaun of the Dead, I have Hot Fuzz. Um, Cornetto. They're both Cornetto movies. I mean, we love them for the same reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, you've got the Royal Tenenbaums. I don't know much about that, but... Uh, is is that just kind of a, a fun watch, a lot like uh, Shaun of the Dead, or what? Kind of. Um, you you've watched the Wes Anderson movie. You watched Grand Budapest. Oh, that movie was amazing. S- same director. His comedy, the way he does comedy, and the same way he does thing. shots and stuff, colors, characters. It's it's been like that from the beginning. Oh, dude, the way he does situational humor. Yeah. Um, and just kind of lets the jokes tell themselves is so good, and like. Uh, a lot of the punchlines are just kind of awkward scenes, and I, I actually really like it. Um, so for me, like Silver Linings Playbook and Guardians of the Galaxy are the two movies that are kind of like borderline comedies. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook, it's a, it's a dramedy. It's it's a drama that just has some funny stuff that happens. I want to say and it before. happens so naturally. I just want to say that that was on my top ten for a long time. Yeah. So it's on my top twenty. It's it's so good. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy though. Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite blend of action and comedy uh, without without losing a meaning. Um, you know, there's a couple issues I take with the end of that movie, but I still think it's, it's the perfect Marvel movie. I think it's the best one that they've made. Um, I think it's one of the best action comedies, and I think that... Uh, I just think it's one of the best sci-fi movies that we've had. Like I, pure, pure, like heavy sci-fi. Like Looper is sci-fi, but it's also kind of dystopian, yeah, kind of mystery. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is a hardcore, pure sci-fi movie. It's like Star Wars, like pure sci-fi movie. It's one of the best ones. I want to, I want to completely agree on that. I mean, Hell like yeah. I still think that that is that's still my favorite Marvel movie. I hope Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, as I said, like. When we were talking about the trailers before, I think Doctor Strange is aiming too high. I don't think it's going to hit the same level. Of it quality. probably won't. I think another thing is like uh, Guardians completely fucking surprised everybody. Like it, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians, Guard. God damn it, Guardians! <laughs> it like I no one. I for a while I was, I remember when I they announced it. I was like, what the hell's a Guardian of the Galaxy? And like everyone kept looking him up. There were there were some hard. Never heard of him before. Yeah, I didn't know. And then I didn't know what to expect. I saw the trailer. I was like. This is this looks pretty goofy. Like what the fuck? It's, there's a raccoon. I like raccoons. Yeah, no, I know? looked it up and I was like, is that where that fucking raccoon is from? <laughs> and then like watched it and was like, Jesus. And I, I've pro- I've watched that movie so many times, you know. And and then I finally watched it in theaters and I remember like leaving, going, what the fuck? That was great. Like yeah, I was like, just that so good. And y- I think. This is something like, uh, remember I said like in Star Trek, the characters and their interactions and their conversations was the best part. For me, that's oh, yeah. my favorite part about Guardians is hearing oh, yeah. these, this crew, these four characters just talk to each other. Fucking, oh my God. Like, like the action was also done, was was great on that. Like, uh, I, I did like all the action sequences in that movie, but for me, it's it's still always the characters. Same with like the Avenger movies, like... My favorite part about them is the interactions between these big 
like name heroes just talking to each other. Yeah, I mean, that's a mistake a lot of like action movies make is is they focus on the action and leave the characters behind. Guardians of the Galaxy, like the action was good, but it was quick. And it wasn't like quick jumpy. Oh my god, stay on your sheet. It was just like this fight's gonna happen. This is how it goes. Now we're back to the great character interactions and the funny and the funny circumstances. And, and because these characters are so great, you actually care about them if they're gonna get in trouble or in an action scene. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's I mean, it's like uh, it's like playing the first Mass Effect, and you, you have like a long mission, and you're like, when can I finish this just so I can get back to the fucking ship and talk to my crew again? God damn it! I I think I think you've you've. You just like we just described what I was trying to say before when I was mentioning all the genres and stuff. I think in the end it comes down to fucking having like characters, like good characters. Most of the movies I watched, like remember I said like in the romance or things that like that doesn't happen in the action films, that doesn't happen. Like characters you like that are believable or that you care about. Like in all of those movies I talk about that I hate on it's I don't give a shit about any characters. Yeah, like the action movie. I don't care if it's an action movie anymore. If it's done correctly and like all like it's fun yep. to watch. Like this, like with these characters, I was like, I don't care. So like, I, I think regardless of the genre, if your characters are compelling and believable, and and sometimes your characters are not exactly like what you thought. Like, but if if what it's about is compelling and 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 matters then it doesn't matter what genre the movie is they they also don't have to be heroes by the way they can make a villain or someone we completely despise and if he does his job right and makes us fucking hate him or makes us feel some way about him and then that that gives that depth to the character i was like this character was done correctly you know what you said right now is exactly why i spent so much time talking to people that didn't like the force awakens because Kylo Ren is the best written character in Star Wars yeah. so far. Absolutely. He was perfectly cast. He was perfectly written. And the scenes with him are absolutely amazing. People criticize him, say, he he took off the helmet and he's not intimidating anymore. Yes. I fucking know. He's a person. He's a fucking he's a fucking person. He's not he's not a god. He's not this fucking figure. He's a goddamn person. He's another character. People want the next big bad. He's not that. He's another character of the movie and he's fucking amazingly done. And I cannot wait to see what Ryan Johnson does with that. But um I think we're ready to wrap up uh, and kind of talk about the the broader strokes of ideas that that make these movies our favorites. I know it's kind of what we're doing right now, but what do you think? Yeah, you want to wrap it up, though? Sure. Like, nice present. Like a nice present. Well, um, so the biggest things for me are, uh, you know, it's a couple things. Uh, one big thing is rewatchability. Uh, you know, movies that I'm always okay with watching again, um, regardless of when it is or where it is or anything like that. Like, if I see it, I will watch it. Um, that's a big factor for me. Um, Izzy, what do you think? Rewatchability, I think, definitely is important. But for me, it's just it's the feeling that I'm left with. Like, if it affected me in any other way, like, is it a movie that, like, it's over? I'm gonna talk about it for about a week and it, I'm done, or is it a movie that I'm gonna be remembering for years, like, to come? Yeah. So it needs to be a movie that matters to you in yeah. in some way. Um, you know, I also think it needs to do it. It either needs to do something new or it needs to do something a hell of a lot better. Um, you know, that, that that's really my thing. It, it needs to take something that already exists like the raid did and make it just so much fucking better than any movie that's tried to do the same thing before i like how the raid is just you know we talked about just action but also having characters how that movie is just like it prioritized action to like it, the biggest degree but that was why it was so fucking good but at the end but you learn to like rama Dude, he, yeah, he's through his fights and through what he fights for not through these conversations about him so in a way, the action is the character. Yeah, th- is, isn't that weird how they did that? Like that's the only time I've seen that happen. Yeah, I, I think I agree. But yeah. you know, it's maybe ma- Dr- like dread is is very similar. Like basically, the first raid is is just dread with I different was, characters. I was but. thinking maybe the act like the those action scenes describe the character because that's what they do in real life. Like that's their life, you know. Yeah. So maybe that's why it was just so powerful to watch. Like yeah, so these are masters. Exactly, and, and you you really got a feel for for who this guy was, 
just based on the way he carries himself and the and and the things that he that matter to him and not the way it's expressed through conversation but the way it's expressed through his actions and through the way he fights is it's, it's a good example of taking something that's already been done and just doing it better or you can do something new like Ex Machina I'm not going to claim there's n- there's not a movie that evokes the same thoughts as Ex Machina but Ex Machina challenges what it means to be human in kind of a terrifying way and that was something that was kind of new to me um but I think those are the biggest things you know other things that are that are generally important uh production value well directed well written good actors like all the things like that like I'm not going to say a movie is my favorite movie. It's just a bad movie. All these movies we're talking about, they're all great movies. They all have amazing imagery. Um, They all have great actors, and they're well-directed, and they have good production value. All of those things matter also. But it's the the subtle things that we like, because there's plenty of other movies that have amazing imagery, and great acting, and great directing, and great writing, and compelling characters that don't have these things that make us really feel for them. And that's why these are some of our favorite movies and not other ones. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I, I want to agree. I'll, I do have one thing to say about Ex Machina. I really, I really wish I didn't see the trailer for that movie before I watched it. You kind of gotta, you gotta let that go, man. It's, you gotta let that it go. was super hard because everyone I, that, that I know that has seen it didn't know anything about it, neither the trailer, like the trailer, not. And you know, and then they were completely surprised. But did you saw the trailer, right? You saw what I meant. Like, I saw the trailer afterwards. I completely see what you meant. And uh, and so watching it, I wasn't as surprised. Like I, I still like the way it all happened. I like, I still think I, I would give that movie for me. It's higher than an eight for me. I, I, I still like it a lot. So, but it's just like I wasn't. Remember how I say like it has to hit me or like envelop me, and it didn't. The feeling that I should that should have like gotten me, like was. Like ruin. I feel like I have to see it. I'm gonna watch it again eventually, and yeah. I'm gonna see you what seen happens. It, what, twice now. I think I've just seen it once. You just once? Just once. Is that one time? Oh, you should definitely watch it again. Yeah, you know, um, but I I always feel bad because like I told so many people like, hey man, there's this movie coming out, and you guys should go watch it somehow before I ever saw it because I already heard it was like hella dank, and I was like, <laughs> hella dank. I was like, it looks sick. And that's yeah, really good. And it's funny because a lot of a lot of people that have watched it based off recommendation and stuff ended up loving it. And then I'm just here like, fuck the trailer. <laughs> I was just like, fuck, fuck the king. All right. Well, uh, I think that wraps up our talk about our favorite movies. Ready to uh, get out of this segment. Uh, come back real quick and uh, uh, talk about a couple more things and sign off. Yeah. All right. We will be right back. All right, well, we are back, and uh, we really have one new trailer to talk about this week in our good old trailer park, but uh, it's pretty hype. Uh, so we just watched uh, Great Wall. Izzy for the first time, the trailer for The Great Wall, starring Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal. Shit is hype. Izzy, what did you think of the trailer for The Great Wall? So I'm not sure if this is gonna. Okay, this is this is this doesn't look like something life changing, but I think I'm gonna have a good time. It looks a great time. It looks pretty Godzilla. It looks it looks pretty pretty dope. So I I just want to see some cool shit go down. Dude, oh, like, I it feel looks like, like I'm gonna get it. I feel like cool shit will be going down. Uh, so what I've been able to gather from this trailer is that something along the lines of like. Uh, Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal like travel to the Great Wall, and they find out that it was built not only to keep out the Mongolians but to keep out uh, these crazy monsters. And it's an action movie about the Chinese and Pedro Pascal and Matt Damon fighting off these crazy monsters at the Wall, which is fucking awesome. It's by I apologize. Yimu Zheng, uh, the director of Hero and House of Flying Daggers. House of Flying Daggers. So sick. Uh, I watched, uh, like, honestly, uh, kind of at work. I watched, like, a good portion of, of uh, Hero on, like, the display TVs. The movie was pretty sick, too. Um, but, like, House of Flying Daggers is, like, a, se- like a separate level. Um, 
but yeah man like this this looks pretty sweet uh, the the special effects and everything look really cool the way the the kind of camera moves around in the action the that one slow-mo shot of the arrow flying through the air and things like that it looks really cool it looks like a kind of a fun it, it definitely looks like a fun movie yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna just have to agree on that. It looks it doesn't look it doesn't so far it doesn't look like it's gonna be bad. It looks like a good time. Like yep. a good time. That's like the best I have to say about things like this. Like I'm I'm kinda hyped for it because it's the premise sounds ridiculous already, but yeah. I like shit like it that. It doesn't look amazing, but it looks like the hypest movie in the world. But uh so we already talked about the last trailer, but the new trailer for Autistic Batman came out and uh the accountant is looking pretty good. I think this movie's going to turn out pretty well. Um, I'm a little worried that it's going to be like a cheap action movie, but I don't think it's going to be. It looks like it's going to be pretty cool, kind of like uh, the shooter or like Jason Bourne type of type of thing. I haven't seen Jason Bourne, but like the Bourne series uh, looks pretty sweet. What do you think? Um, I don't, I don't, I haven't really watched too many movies around like like that feel like that, so I'm kind of worried. Like. It doesn't look like it's it's bad, but it doesn't look like it's gonna be good either for me. Um, they use Radiohead in the trailer. I like that, so <laughs> maybe maybe I'll give it a chance. It had Radiohead. If I was speaking Mandarin, still know I was pandering. But anyway, um, I think that's all we really have to touch on um, for this week. Covered a lot of our favorite movies and kind of talked about why we like them so much. Gushed a couple times. Uh, we got to see the trailer for The Great Wall, which looks pretty legit. Uh, yeah. I think, that's, uh, I think that's about it. I'm pretty excited to come back next week with uh, uh, with the Suicide Squad review and our review of uh, Eternal Sunshine. Um, really excited there. But uh, for this week, uh, I think that's it. Izzy, you got anything else? No, I'm good. Cool. Well, uh, if you want to send us an email, it's uh, talkingaboutwhatcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at uh, at TAWcast. Um, any feedback, any anything at all is um, always greatly appreciated. But, uh, again, uh, we have been talking about our favorite movies and uh, talking about Autistic Batman and, and The Great <laughs> Wall and Good all kinds man. of things like that. But uh, we are talking about what? Thank you for listening. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, Izzy, for the sign-off this week, uh, I have a little bit of an idea. All right. So it doesn't have to be the best, but what's one of the best movies, one of your favorite movies that's come out this year? Lobster. The Lobster. All right. What are three things, three small things, you could change about that movie to make it one of the worst movies you've seen this year? Oh, shit. Come on, three three things. It could be it could be small. You like could just swap out an actor or a director. You could change one small plot line. You could just see subtly change the setting. I mean, just anything. Uh, any, any you know any 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 like it has to be like a single thing though. It can't be like oh I would change the entire plot. It has to be like I would change this aspect of it to be. So this. you mean like change it change it to to a director like a new director? You could change it to a different director. I think yeah. if I made Michael Bay direct that, it wouldn't make any fucking sense. Okay, like, so uh, like. You know? So okay, so Michael Bay directs it. What are two other things you do to to ruin that movie? Because so maybe Michael Bay's directing it, but he's got the same actors in the same script. You know, it might turn out all right. A script was written by Zack Snyder. Ooh, okay. A script was written by Zack Snyder. Now there's still no action in it though. So that's how you really know Zack Snyder is completely incompetent to to direct this. Uh let's get one let's get one more thing. So we got the writer and the director. <laughs> and uh let's get one one more little thing. Well, how do we how do we ruin this movie? Maybe an actor? We swap out uh, Colin Farrell. Fuck, swap him out for who? Like, fuck. It's <sighs> a good question. Um, it's a good question. I mean, we we you could change anything, any, anything. That was just that was just one idea I threw out there. All right. So I won't. So I won't change like the actors and stuff. But how about like this? So, so directed by Michael Bay. Like, written by Zack Snyder, produced by Adam Sandler. <laughs> like, that's so, the combination. Uh, this summer, an exciting action comedy. So, since you From know it was... the producer of... Click. <laughs> Pixels. 
the director of Transformers and Transformers 2 and Transformers 3 and Transformers 4 and Bad Boys 2. (laughs) (laughs) Written by the mastermind behind Sucker Punch and... Oh, God. Batman versus Superman. Dawn of Justice comes the lobster. A story about one man who has only 45 days to find his true love or else be forever turned into a lobster. What if it. Will, will he find love or will he just hunt? The Sorrowful for Sport. Find out on the 17th. The Lobster.